let's all hold up our Bibles and let's all make our confession over the word I'm excited about the word I'm going to teach to you today who wants to receive the word who's excited about the word the word you know what the word of God will change your life if you'll allow it to penetrate your heart and penetrate your brain we're going to do that today aren't we everybody say this after me I thank you father that your word has the power to change my life today I give heed to it I allow it to go into my ears then into my mind and then into my spirit I'm a hearer of the word and a doer of the word and I'll never be the same after today in Jesus name amen you may be seated and turn to Genesis chapter 1 first book of your Bible first chapter of your Bible Genesis chapter 1 I love the Dominion Conference it's a week that we set aside every year to be able to really focus on Dominion the power of Dominion and what Dominion is I love the Dominion Conference. The only thing about the Dominion Conference is I don't get to preach during the Dominion Conference because we have so many high-powered speakers and you want to hear from them. You don't necessarily want to hear from me during the Dominion Conference. So this right here is my Dominion message. I get to preach the first one. And I want to prepare you for the conference we're about to have because I believe that God wants every believer to walk in Dominion. When Jerry Savelle looks through the Bible and studies the Bible, the scriptures on increase jump off the page at him. When Pastor Cho reads and studies the Bible, the scriptures on prayer jump off the page at him. When I study the Bible and, and read the scriptures, the scriptures on dominion jump off the page at me. The kingdom of God is the rule of God. God is not interested in compromise. God is interested in total rule, total power, total authority over his kingdom. God created the worlds by his word. And it's God's plan, God's desire, God's vision, God's destiny for our earth that the kingdom of God would be the rule of God on the earth. And Luke chapter 17 verse 21 that we we've looked at in past weeks says that the kingdom of God is within you everybody point to yourself and say the kingdom of God is within me right here in me the kingdom of God and as I speak the kingdom of God flows through my words right out of my mouth and right into my situations you were created to house God's rule, God's power, and God's authority on this earth. In other words, you were created for dominion, to dominate the fields of your endeavors. Psalm chapter 8 verse 6 says that we were created for dominion. I want to set you up today for the Dominion by the Word conference. Next week, next Sunday morning on this platform begins our Dominion Conference Dr. John Avanzini will be standing on this platform delivering the Word of God and so many powerful speakers after that I've been getting phone calls all week Heather you don't know this yet but I've been getting phone calls all week from pastors and ministers from other places that are flying in for this conference 
not to speak. They just want to sit here and receive what you're going to get. All you have to do is drive down the street. We got people flying to come here to hear what you're going to receive. I want you to, I want you to expect dominion. I want you to expect to win. I want you to expect the Dominion Conference to give you more ammunition to conquer more territory in Jesus' name. Now this conference, I described it to you last week. Dr. John Avanzini, his wife's Pat, his wife Pat's coming. The world's greatest teacher on finances and debt-free living. Sunday night and Monday morning, Gary Hash, his wife Colette's coming with him from Jubilee Christian Center. He's, he's one of the best prophetic preachers that I have ever heard. Monday night, Tuesday morning, Israel Campbell uh, is coming from Wave Church in Los Angeles. Tuesday night and Wednesday morning, Jeffrey Smith. You don't know Jeffrey. He's brand new to our church. He and his wife, Nicola, pastor of Strong Tower Church in Fredericksburg, Virginia. He's got a powerful word for us. And then on uh, Wednesday night, Rick Godwin is going to be here. And uh, Rick always has a powerful word. The thing about, I like about Rick is Rick doesn't mince words. Rick is going to tell you like it is because he's going to fly out the next day and leave me with the mess to clean up. So, This is a whole week set aside to walk deeper in the Word and to apply it to our field of influence. God created you for dominion, and I want you to expect the Dominion Conference to give you more ammunition to conquer more territory. God wants you to conquer territory in Jesus' name. How many of you have found that whatever it is that God has for you, generally as a rule, doesn't just fall in our lap? I don't know about you, but I've had to believe God. I've had to stand in faith. I've had to, to ward off the attacks of the enemy. I've had to stand in the Word of God. I've had to speak the Word of God into the, sometimes into the darkness of I can't see anything out there. But I'm speaking the Word of God knowing that it's God's will and God's plan and God's desire that we conquer. Everybody say, I am a conqueror. Say, I'm more than a conqueror. And conquerors have an attitude. Conquerors have an air about them. Conquerors have a swagger. Conquerors, you can, you can tell when you're in the presence of greatness and you're in the presence of one who is a conqueror. I got some quotes by great conquerors. Alexander the Great said, I'm not afraid of an army of lions led by a sheep. I'm afraid of an army of sheep that's led by a lion. Don't underestimate your potential and the potential that you have to lead and inspire others to accomplish great things for God. Napoleon said, the battlefield is a scene of constant chaos. The conqueror will be the one who controls that chaos, both his own and the enemy's. And then my hero, General George Smith Patton said a good plan violently executed now is better than a perfect plan executed next week. Every believer was created to be a conqueror. Every believer was created for dominion. And I had you turn to Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. This is the very beginning of creation. This is the very beginning of us. This is the beginning of the world. God created the world by his spoken word. And then here's what, here were God's first thoughts and God's first um, um, 
God's first thoughts and his first words concerning you. God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And he had a reason, he had a purpose for creating man. And it wasn't, let, you know what, let's create man in our image and our likeness and let's, let's, give him, let's be sure he gets a lot of stuff. Let's be sure that he's, he's happy. Let's be sure that, he's, he, that all of his emotional needs are met. Let's be sure, let's create man and, and let's do all this nice stuff. No, his very first thought for, about you is let's create man in our image, in our likeness, and let them have, can anybody guess what the word is? Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air. Let him have dominion over everything that I have created. So God created man in his own image, verse 27. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them both to have dominion, not just males, not just females, but male and female. And then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. This, these were God's first thoughts about you, was that you would be a conqueror in the fields that God has given to you and that you would have dominion. Then if you look over at Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field. And most of you know this story. If you don't, uh, Satan inhabited a serpent and said to Eve after he created man, If you eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you won't die even though God told you you would die you won't die but you'll be like God and your eyes will be opened the serpent said verse 4 you will not surely die for God knows that in the day that you eat of it your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God knowing good and evil and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes she forsook the word of God and what God had spoken to her and instead she took the fruit of that tree and she ate it and then she gave it to Adam who was supposed to be his her protector Adam who was supposed to be a blessing Adam who was supposed to watch out for her and be her covering she gave it to him and he ate as well something interesting in Genesis chapter 2 verse 19 if you'll just go uh, across the page to Genesis 2 19 out of the out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them and whatever Adam called each living creature that was its name so Adam had actually named this serpent the reason it was called serpent is because Adam named him and Adam and Eve had dominion over every creature and everything in the garden. But instead of taking dominion over the serpent, the serpent took dominion over them. What you don't dominate will dominate you. There are things in our lives that try to dominate us, try to put us down, try to make us feel inferior, or try to to grip us with fear and if we don't dominate those things those things will dominate us I remember um, my very first mission trip I had a serious serious fear of heights and I, I had flown when I was six years old how many of you know when you're six years old you pretty much don't know anything that's going on so I had flown when I was six years old and from the time I was six Till the time I was 35, I had not flown in an airplane. But God was speaking to me about going 
on my very first overseas mission trip to West Africa. How many of you know that you can fly over there in 18 hours or you can take a boat and get there sometime next week? And so, you know, the whole team is flying, obviously going to fly. And so, you know, the, the thing that freaked me out, it wasn't the food or the culture or, the, or danger or, or anything or robbers or anything like that. It was, I'm going to have to fly. But I just made up. I knew that's what God wanted me to do, and I was going to have to do it. So I just decided, bless God, I'm going to, everybody else does it. I'm going to do this too. So I'll never forget getting on the airplane and being on the airplane with the, with the rest of the mission team. And we're all on there, and the plane is, is, you know, they're getting ready to take off. It's taxing down the runway, and I can fit, my stomach is just in knots. And everybody's talking and laughing and, you know, they're having a good time. And then, and then the, the plane starts going down the runway and picking up speed and going faster and faster and faster and faster. And I'm sitting there and everybody's laughing and talking. They're, they're, do they not understand we're about to get in the air? They're just, they're not, they're not, nobody's paying attention to the fact that the plane is getting ready to leave the ground. And so I'm sitting there and I am gripping that seat. And it gets faster and faster and finally the nose goes up. And I grabbed the guy next to me and I looked at him and I said, my God, we've left the ground. <laughs> Since then, Connie and I have flown thousands and thousands of miles. We've flown all the way around the world. I don't know how many times preaching the gospel in, in different countries. And do you realize that that's a calling on our life that we could not fulfill had I not overcome that fear that I had? What you do not overcome, what you do not dominate, will dominate you. My next-door neighbor came over to my house one morning. Uh, she was getting ready to take her kids to school. And a, a snake had wrapped itself around the, the rod that the garage door goes back and forth on. And they had left their garage door up that night. And a snake was up on top of that garage door. And so when she put the kids in the car to take them to school and punched the button to put the garage door down, there's a snake hanging down. Its tail is wrapped around up there. You can't see it, but then hanging down on the, uh, on the garage is a snake. So she came over to my house and she said, I know you're not afraid of snakes. I'm terrified of snakes. And I just wanted to, just wondered if you, could you come over and help me with this? So I went over there and, and you know, I, we got a little ways and I could see it hanging down there. She said, it's not poisonous, is it? And I said, no, it's just a black snake, it won't hurt you. And so we got there, they have to have a flatbed shovel right there next to the garage door. I picked up that flatbed shovel and I pinned that snake to the garage door and then I grabbed it with my hand and I pulled it down into the driveway and, and smashed its head with a shovel and killed it. And she looked at me and she said, my hero. I said, I'll you can take your kids to school. I'll take care of this. And so I picked up this snake with a shovel and started heading back. to. I was going to throw it back in the woods behind our house. And it had the awfulest smell. And I remembered reading that when you kill a cottonmouth, that it, has, it, it, it gives you this really weird odor. And so I, it was dead, obviously dead. And I opened its mouth and it had fangs. Had I known... But that was a cottonmouth. I would have never put my hands on that snake. Never. I would have never done that. I, but I, I just didn't know. Some people, people have, but, I, but I'm not afraid of snakes. People have different fears. Not afraid of snakes. Had to overcome a fear of heights. Some people, when I'm telling the, the 
the story about the airplane, you're thinking, you big baby, who would be afraid of an airplane? But you're terrified of snakes. I'm not. People have their different challenges that they have to deal with, that, that they have to overcome. And the way you overcome it is to do it. I said the way to, I'm not getting any amens on this. The way to overcome it is to do it. Some people have a fear of people. You want to overcome a fear of people? You know, I don't go to a meetup because I don't like being around people. That's where you need to be. Is that a meetup? You need to be. It's okay to tell them, you know, I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable around people. I'm stepping out in faith. Here I am, guys. Listen, we'll love you. We'll care for you. And, and, and you'll get the hang of it. Outreach. Uh, you know, I, I just I couldn't walk up to somebody and talk to anybody. They'd go on an outreach and just go with somebody else who is. We'll let you go on an outreach and not open your mouth. You can just be with the people that are opening their mouths. And you go, you know what? This is not hard. I could do this. But it's by doing it that we overcome. If you don't, those fears will always limit you. They'll always limit where you can go and what you can accomplish. Alexander the Great was afraid of water. Every time they got on ships to go across to conquer, he would have panic attacks. And one time he yelled out in front of his men, Oh, most miserable wretch that I am, why didn't I learn to swim? Turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 9. God has created you for dominion. Say, God has created me for dominion. 1 Kings chapter 9, verse 15. And this is the reason for the labor force which King Solomon raised to build the house of the Lord, his own house, the Milo, the wall of Jerusalem, Hazor, Megiddo, and Gezer. And then verse 19. All the storage cities that Solomon had, cities for his chariots and cities for his cavalry, and whatever Solomon desired to build in Jerusalem and in Lebanon. This is uh, 1 Kings chapter 9, verse 19. And in the land... And whatsoever, let me read this again, whatever Solomon desired to build in Jerusalem in the land and all the land of his dominion. This is the land of Solomon's dominion. But I want you to catch something here. Verse 20, all the people who were left of the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites who were not of the children of Israel, that is, their descendants who were left in the land after them whom the children of Israel had not been able to destroy completely, from these Solomon raised forced labor as it is to this day. But the children of Israel, Solomon made no forced laborers because they were men of war. And his servants, his officers, captains, and commanders of his chariots and his cavalry, they were all men of war. Well, if they're men of war, then why didn't they conquer all these other ites? All the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Bible says that God told them when you go into the land, you utterly destroy the enemy. Yet when they went in, they didn't utterly the, destroy the enemy. And in fact, it says right here that the children, of Abel, the children of Israel had not been able to. They were not able to kill them, not able to destroy the enemy. Why? Why were they not able to destroy the enemy? They just didn't. Any of you have any enemies in your life? I'm not talking about people. I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about the power of the devil in your life, the power of the enemy, and you didn't cut that thing off and there's still vestiges of it floating around in your life. 
Come on, somebody. There's still, there's still parts of that that are floating around that rear its ugly head every, every so often. You know, hey, I'm good. I'm, you know, life is good. Life is great. Unless somebody starts talking about this. And when they do, then I get this lump in my throat, and then I get really anxious, and then I get really angry. You know, I'm okay as long as nobody does. Don't ever do this to me because when you do, I lose my mind. And we didn't deal with that. And the enemy, anybody ever experienced it? How many of you know that the enemy's going to be sure somebody shows up and pushes your buttons in that area? You've got to deal with these things. We have to, not just you, we have to deal with these things. People in a land of dominion are a people of war. You can't delegate it to somebody else. You can't close your eyes and hope it goes away. You have to put your foot on the land of dominion and keep your foot on it and you have to deal with these fears with these concerns with the with the things that get you off track because if you don't what you don't dominate will dominate you look with me real quickly at Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 26 Nehemiah 9 26 when you have it say I have it Nehemiah 9 26 nevertheless Israel was disobedient they rebelled against God they rebelled against you, cast your law behind their backs, and killed your prophets who testified against them to turn them to yourself, and they worked great provocations. Therefore, you delivered them into the hand of their enemies. Who are these enemies? These are the enemies in their land that they didn't conquer. They left them there and their descendants there. And so now, whenever Israel's disobedient, these enemies are right there. To harass them therefore verse 27 you delivered them into the hand of the enemies who oppressed them in the time of trouble and they cried to you you heard from heaven and according to your abundant mercies you gave them uh, deliverers who saved them from the hand of their enemies but after Israel had rest they again did evil before you therefore you left them in the hand of their enemies so their enemies had dominion over them remember what you don't dominate will dominate you we are a people of war y'all asleep already I said we are a people of say it we are a people of war folks there's a great warfare I mean we talked about it we prayed about it this morning there's a great there's a great warfare concerning racism in our nation and the church can't be complacent the church has to rise up stand up not only be a voice I, I keep reading them you know the church needs to stand up and be a voice the church needs to be a voice more than a voice the church has to actually do something we have to be the church and we have to love one another and not just talk about it do you know that a lot of these people uh, in uh, Charlottesville uh, these white supremacists they're talking about being Christians what kind of preaching they've been listening to they haven't been here and the church has to rise up and drown out the voice of anybody who would spew stuff like that and the church has to rise up be the church and we have to conquer in that area and so many other areas in business and in education in entertainment the church has to rise up and be the church who are these enemies in the land that keep oppressing the Israelites they're the ones that the enemies that they didn't deal with when they should have there shouldn't have even been any enemies in the land God told them to utterly destroy them but because they didn't their enemies came back to dominate them 
So I want everybody to look at me just for just a second. I believe that the body of Christ today is afflicted with soldier boredom. You know what soldier boredom is? Soldier boredom is a soldier who's equipped but with no enemy to fight and he will soon experience or even cause problems out of boredom. And we got believers that have lost sight of their target, lost sight of the enemy, lost sight of their vision, lost sight of what the enemy's trying to do to their vision. And we're just coasting along through life and we're not speaking the word and standing on the word and believing God for the vision and the calling that he's given to our church and vision that he, and calling that he's given to you. And as a result, the body of Christ is afflicted with soldier boredom. Many people in the body of Christ are causing problems. was listening for somebody to say that's not me actually yeah I'm afraid so yeah soldier boredom causes people to cause problems because that because they're not focused we're not focused on a condom a common enemy today Psalm chapter 8 verse 6 again you were created for dominion Romans 12 21 says don't be conquered by evil but conquer evil with good you know what that means? That means that you can't be conquered if you're conquering. If you're conquering, you can't be conquered. But if you're not conquering, if you're just, if you're just going through life, floating through life, parked at the rapture bus stop, waiting for the rapture bus to come by and take you to heaven, a bored Christian is a dangerous Christian. A bored Christian is a Christian that gossips. A bored Christian is a Christian who causes problems because they're not focused on the right enemy and we end up turning on each other. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Turn with you there real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Dominate, uh, dominion begins in our thought processes. It begins in our thought process. It begins uh, when we start thinking and realizing that God has called us for greatness. God has called us for dominion. So ask yourself in your business, in your family, in your home, ask yourself. What is it that God's called me to do that I haven't done? What is it that God's called me to do that I haven't found the strength to do? What is it that God's called me to do that I haven't been able to accomplish? What is it that God's called me to do that I, I, I just feel like I've hit a wall? What is it that God's called me to do and I've just gotten bored and haven't done it? It begins in our mind. Defeat begins in our mind. Victory begins in our mind. It all begins in our thought processes. This is why Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says that we're not to be conformed to this world, but we're to be transformed by what? The renewing of our mind. Dominion begins in your thought process. Then you speak what you formulated with the word in your thought processes. Jesus in the wilderness spoke, to the, spoke the word that he already knew was true to the devil. Then when you obey what the Holy Spirit tells you to do, which is the word, then you rest in your confession and your obedience. We talked about the kingdom of God being a kingdom of rest, and now I'm talking about it being a kingdom of warfare. 
Well, which is it? It's when we speak the word and we stand, you know, we can fire the ammunition and then just sit back and know the ammunition's doing its work. When a pilot drops a bomb, as the bomb is going down through the air, he just flies back home. That's what you need to do. When you're speaking the word of God and the word of God goes out there and accomplishes what God's called it to do, then you just need to sail home. You just need to rest and relax in God and see God bring his plan to pass. 1 Kings chapter 4, almost finished here. 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 20. Turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 20. Now those of you that have paper Bibles, would you rattle the pages a little bit to cover for the people who are using technology? I usually turn to this scripture and I could hear this. Now I don't hear it because everybody's punching buttons. 1 Kings chapter what I say? First Kings chapter 4, verse 20. Got it? Judah and Israel were as numerous as the sand by the sea in multitude, eating and drinking and rejoicing. So Solomon reigned over all the kingdoms from the river to the land of the Philistines as far as the border of Egypt. And they brought tribute and served Solomon all the days of his life. Now Solomon's provision for one day was 30 cores of fine flour. A core is five bushels. So what's 30 times 5? 150 bushels of flour, 60 cores of meat. 5, 6, is, that's uh, 300 bushels of meat, isn't it? Then 10, fa uh, 10 fatted oxen, 20 oxen from the pastures, 100 sheep besides deer, gazelles, roebucks, and fatted fowl. That's, that is what it, it took Solomon to take care of him and his company and everybody that was with him just for one day. For he had dominion. Everybody say he had dominion. For he had dominion over all the region on his side of the river from uh, Tifsa to Gaza, namely over all the kings on this side of the river. And he had peace on every side around him. And Judah and Israel dwelled in safety, each man under his vine and his fig tree. This tells us that because Solomon had dominion, he had three things. First of all, he had provision. Look at his provision just one day. But because he had dominion, he had provision. He had peace, it says in verse 14. Peace on every side all around him. How many of you would like to have peace, some peace in your life? In your home? In your workplace? There's just so much turmoil, Pastor Steve, in my workplace. Well, you need to take dominion. You may not need another job. You might. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not the Holy Spirit. I can't tell you. But sometimes people are looking for another job. And, you know, if, if everywhere you go there's turmoil... There's the possibility it's you. You know, I, there are people, sometimes we get a prayer request every six months. Please pray for me for a new job. There's too much turmoil. Please pray for me for a new job. There's too much turmoil. Please pray for me. You know, every job they go to, there's too much turmoil. It might be you, sweetheart. We love you enough to tell you the truth. But it could be you. But you may not need another job. You may need to take dominion in the job that you have. In the name of Jesus, I'm not letting all this turmoil get inside me. But in the name of Jesus, I'm going to stand strong. I'm going to have God's provision. And I'm going to have God's safety. And I'm going to have God's peace in my life every place I go. See, you are God's peace waiting. You're God's peace going somewhere to happen. We're not going somewhere to find God's peace. God's peace is within you. Peace is a part of the fruit of the Spirit. Everywhere you go, that's where it is. 
So we're looking for the world to provide God's circumstances for us when we should be taking God's circumstances into the world. So here it says, because Solomon had dominion, it says that he had provision, he had peace. It says he had peace on every side. You know, I got to go to work to escape the home front because there's so much turmoil in my home. Solomon had peace on every side because he took dominion. And then safety. Each man under his own vine, his own fig tree, each man in his own place had safety. Now, I'm going to read these really quickly, uh, but I want to just close with this. What is promised to those who conquer? What is promised to those who take dominion? I want you to, uh, these might be up on the screen. Oh, these are going to be up on the screen, but you'll have to write fast because I'm going to say these really fast. Think about this. What is promised to those who conquer? These are all in Revelation. In Revelation, it's fascinating to look at these scriptures and say, to him who overcomes, to him who conquers, to him who has dominion, he gets this, he gets that, he gets this, he gets that. Listen to this, Revelation 2.11. To he who overcomes, he gets to eat from the tree of life. Genesis 3.22, the tree of life was in the Garden of Eden, and when God ran Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden, there was no more tree of life until now. The Bible says, if you're a, say, I'm an overcomer. Say, I'm a conqueror. Say, I have dominion. Because you're an overcomer, because you're a conqueror, because you have dominion, the Bible says that you get to eat from the tree of life. Revelation 2.11 says, you will not be hurt by the second death. And Revelation chapter 20 says, death and hell are the second death, and death and hell are not going to come anywhere near you. Revelation 2.17 says that you get to eat from the hidden manna. I could, I could take a lot of time to teach on this. Revelation 2.17 says you receive a new name. Revelation 2.26, you have power over the nations. Revelation 2.28, he who overcomes is given the morning star. Revelation 3.5, he who overcomes receives a white garment and has his name confessed before his father. Revelation 3.2, he who overcomes will be a pillar in the heavenly temple and has the name of God in Jerusalem written on him. See, there are tattoos in heaven. And Revelation 3.21 says, he who, overcomes, he who overcomes will sit on the throne with Jesus. And my favorite, Revelation 2.17 says, He who overcomes will be the Son of God and will inherit everything. So we've got a list of stuff there in Revelation, but just at the end, John just goes, you know what, there's too much of this to write. People who overcome are going to get so much stuff. I'm just going to put here at the end of the book of Revelation in, verse, in chapter 21. I'm just going to put there, you're, just, you're going to be the sons of God, and you're just going to get it all. This is why I have the Dominion Conference every year. It's because you are an overcomer. And my responsibility as your pastor is to equip you to overcome. Stand with me, please. Say, I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer in every area of my life. I was created for dominion, to walk in dominion, to speak dominion, to preach dominion, to think dominion. I was created to dominate in my field, to be the best that God's created me to be. It all happens because I understand His Word. And the power of His Word that's activated in my life. 
I'm a conqueror. I'm an overcomer in every area of my life. In Jesus' name. Everybody that agreed with that said amen. Amen. Dominion of being a conqueror begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you may be far from God today. You may have never heard a message like this or been to a church like this or never been, uh, never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ before. The gospel is that God loves you so much that he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for you so that you could be free from your sins and that the Holy Spirit could come and live on the inside of you and that you could be empowered to walk in victory in this life and spend eternity with him. That's the gospel. Jesus Christ shed his blood so that you could be free. Maybe you've never heard that before, but that's the truth that I'm proclaiming to you today. Maybe you used to serve God. Maybe you accepted that truth at one time, but you've fallen away from the Lord and, and that truth is not a reality to you anymore. Or maybe... You've never heard this before. And today you can tell that the Holy Spirit's drawing you into the kingdom of God. I want to ask everyone to bow your heads, close your eyes. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, signifying that you want to pray a prayer with me right there where you are, repenting for your sins, acknowledging that Jesus is the Lord of your life, and asking the Holy Spirit to come in and empower you to be the Christian that the Bible promises you that you can be. You can do that right there where you are. Christians are praying for you. Because today is the day when your life changes forever. While every head's bowed, every eye's closed, everybody that wants to pray this prayer with me and everybody that wants to make a decision to follow Christ, I want you to raise your hand right there where you are. And we're going to pray this prayer with you. Victory is yours. Jesus died on the cross to give it to you. And today, I want to pray this prayer with you, making a decision to follow Christ. Raise your hand real high where I can see your hand. And I'm going to pray this prayer with you. God bless you. I see that hand, and I see that hand right there. Who else would raise your hand and say, I want to make a decision to follow Christ? Anyone else? Raise your hand right now. Today's your day. The Holy Spirit's drawing you into the kingdom of God. Anyone else? Anyone else? You can put your hands down. We've got people that have raised their hands and want to make decisions to follow Christ. I'm going to pray this prayer with you. We're all going to pray this prayer with you because you're about to become our brothers and sisters in Christ. Let's all bow our heads. Let's all pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. Jesus, thank you that you willingly came and paid the price for my sin with your death on the cross so that I could be free to serve you, free to spend eternity with you, and free to fulfill my destiny in you. So I repent for my sins today. And I say, Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, come and live on the inside of me now. And empower me to be the Christian that the Bible promises me I can be. As I come to church and I get involved in church life, my life will never be the same after this moment in Jesus name amen now let's give a big living word shout for all those who made decisions to follow Christ today amen we are so excited for you and we are so proud of each of you that made that decision today 